Hello and welcome to Pensions in 10, our weekly roundup of pensions news that you may have missed. I'm your host, David Brooks, and I'm joined by my colleague, Simon Q. Morning, Dave. Uh, it's good to see that we've both made a bit of an effort for our, our second um, Pensions in 10. Although, yes, um, showing off with the tie there, I see. Yeah, I'm glad I trumped you on that one. <laughs> uh, so this week, we're going to talk about the triple lock. It will be odd not to. It's been by far the biggest news story. Um, we're also going to touch on the PPF levy, which was announced last week, and also the news that TPR are going to be actively contacting pension scheme administrators. So, Dave, uh, you mentioned in the intro that the triple lock is once again uh, the biggest story in the news. Um, and it's either a, a hoary topic uh, or a thorny topic. Um, but either way, can you tell us what the main takeaways are for you? He says very, very carefully skipping over what he's saying there. Um, can you give us the main takeaways um, from what you've seen in the in the news in the last week? I mean, yeah, it's been an absolute roller coaster because we we touched on it very, very briefly last week that we thought that the, the state pension might increase by eight and a half percent, which is average weekly earnings. And we kind of moved on. But then the story kind of ran away with itself for the, the rest of the week. We've had um, both major parties being kind of flip floppy on whether um, it will be part of their manifesto. I should know we've got their conferences coming up next month, so hopefully we'll know more about what their thoughts are then. Um, and then it just kicked off into a, a big debate around um, whether the triple lock is fit for purpose. And you kind of have a very polarising debate. One side, people feel that the, the triple lock has been a good thing and it has increased the state pension. I don't think anyone would argue it's not been a, it's not been a good thing to sort of increase state pension, but whether it's there for the future and people believe that if you want pensioners to have a decent um, retirement, then having the triple lock there um, provides that. People on the other side are obviously concerned around the ratcheting effects of using inflation and weekly earnings and um, a two and a half percent sort of base base level uh, would increase the state pension beyond a, a level that's actually affordable and potentially um, increase the likelihood of, of future changes to state pensions. And the main other, you, you either change the number as the size of the pension or you change the state pension age. And I think that's the big concern is that if the state pension looks expensive, then the state pension age will be the thing to, to use to change the cost. And that will affect people that are perhaps poorer because uh, and in poor health because they'll get the state pension later and for a shorter period of time. It's a really difficult one. It's a difficult one for, for the politician. You can see why they're, they're flip-flopping over it. And there's also the intergenerational unfairness as well. So my kids, your kids are going to be paying for this. Um, should they should they be paying for it? Will it still be there when when they get to retirement? Will they actually benefit from it? That's another point. Um, any talk of removing it again, as we touched on on last week, um, the the vote uh, could move away from whichever party is saying that they they may take it away. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's such a difficult one. Again, we said it last week. It's a difficult one for the politicians, and I can see why they're flip flopping, um, and they're not coming down on on yay or nay um, mm -hmm. for the triple lock. At some point, they're going to have to. Um, and my guess is, if if I were the politician, if I if I were PM after the next general election immediately after the next general election is I'd make the change. I wouldn't do it beforehand because it's a vote killer and it probably lose you the election or lose you a majority. Um, so yeah, do it immediately after the general election win. Uh, and then there's a chance people may have forgotten about it by the time the next general election comes around. So will we see anything from the, the party conferences? I doubt it. I don't, don't think we'll see anything concrete. Um, I think it will be the next administration that, that makes, the, uh, makes the call. I think the big question is, 
what will they do? Because we haven't really had a conversation around what the state pension is for, how big it should be. And this this increase was brought in, you know, in 2010 to, to deal with low inflation and low increases has had an impact of increasing the state pension. But is it going to beyond a level that you know, the, the government or the, the politicians have actually set and it becomes artificial? But what is a state pension for? What should it be? And how does it interact with people that are um, more wealthy in their retirement? Um, they don't necessarily need it. So the, the, the conversation becomes around pensions credit as well, how that gets accessed, that gets used. We still hear, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but we still hear about pension credit being under underclaimed by people as well. So pension credit and how that how that's accessed to help people that perhaps have lower incomes in retirement is um is another part of that whole whole debate that we need to have. Mm. And your point there, Dave, um, is something I was going to raise as well. I'm surprised the means testing conversation uh, hasn't come back to the fore. Um, mm. because that's exactly it. An, an, another way of reducing the bill is taking the state pension away from those that don't really need it. Yeah, but means testing comes with it complexity and that's something necessarily we don't always want. So yeah, it's a tough one and we'll keep an eye on it. We will. And the PPF have announced that they are looking to claim £100 million um, in levies for the 24-25 levy year, a reduction of £100 million from the previous year, which is good news for um, for scheme sponsors. However, this comes with a slight sting in the tail because the Levy and the PPF have admitted themselves that um, they probably don't need to uh, claim £100 million, but due to vagaries in the way the legislation is written, they can't increase it um, by more than 25%. So they've had to go for a number that's broadly conservative just in case things go against them in the future. So that is an issue and something that should be fixed by the legislators. Um, I don't know what uh, you think about this, Simon, what your view is. Yes, absolutely. It should be fixed because um, it does seem rather daft that they're asking for 100 million when they don't need it. Um, reminds me of my kids with their pocket money, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but they have also said that in future they're, they're going to be asking for around about 100 million, assuming there's not a massive change. Um, but it is interesting that uh, under current rules, and I've got, I've got to give a, a name check to our esteemed colleague, Jaime Norman, um, based in uh, our Bristol office um, for reminding me that uh, under current rules, 80% of the PPF levy has to come from the risk-based levy. And of course, that is the, the the part of the levy that's charged to those schemes in the worst funding position. Uh, and it's believed that only around 25% of those will be paying a risk-based levy. So if there is a big call on the PPF, and it would have to be quite significant, of course, given, given as you say, the, the healthy position the PPF is in, but if there were, then it would fall to the weakest sponsors, the worst funded schemes, uh, to, uh, to fund that, rather than the largest uh, sponsors or those, uh, those sponsors for schemes that are in a much better funding position. So it's a, another little quirk, um, but uh, that's the way the... Uh, the legislation is written so far, so that's the way it's going to be. And we also learned last week that TPR are taking a proactive approach and contacting pension scheme administrators. Simon, what's your take on this one? Maybe they should have done previously. However, uh, we look forwards and we move on. It's good that they are contacting administrators. Um, I mean, administration is a key part of governance of, of pension schemes and delivering outcomes for members. Uh, so it is encouraging they're doing it. They've um, had a pilot. They're now rolling that out uh, on a voluntary basis to administrators and working for, I might as well get the plug in, working for um, the administrator that's one top administrator, two years running in the professional pensions uh, admin survey. 
we obviously want to see the standard of administration increasing. Um, so yeah, it, it's a positive thing for members. That's great. Right, so we've got just about a minute, I think, um, for you to tell us what fun pensions related story you spotted this week. Thanks, Dave. Um, in Leicester News, that well-thumbed publication, um, it's been stated that police dog Bo um, is retiring and is getting a pension. Uh, it's not quite as simple as that. Um, the handler, so his, his police dog handler, uh, PC Karen Daybell, will get £500 towards costs uh, for looking after Bo um, in his retirement. Uh, he also gets a certificate and an engraved dog lead. Uh, I don't know how they got paired up. I don't know if his handler chose him or did Bo select her. Um, but interestingly, I know it's bad, isn't it? Uh, but in, in the comments, um, there is a comment where someone has said, well done, boy. Hope you have a lovely retirement. You deserve it. I have a funny feeling Bo isn't reading the Leicester news, but I do hope he gets the message. <laughs> well, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, I like the idea of sort of, I mean, gone are the days when you get a gold carriage clock perhaps on your tie, but a gold lead. I quite like the idea of a gold encrusted <laughs> lead. That's quite special. All right. Thank you for that one, Simon. Um, and thank you all, everyone, for listening to our Pension in 10. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.